Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Access Ninja Podcast. I'm Jonathan Campbell, and this is a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about accessibility through the eyes of technology, life, and design. Today, I'm in the studio by myself, but have no fear, Rachel Magaria will be back in the following episodes. But today, I'm doing a quick episode, and I'm talking about a topic that is very, very close to a common, common message we give all the time here at Accent Ninja, and that is that accessibility can improve your experience on the computer, whether or not you have a disability, whether or not these features were designed specifically for you, because good design and accessibility is something that makes technology better for everyone. And I thought, what would be a better way of expressing that than to go over some accessibility features that literally every single person could benefit from. So these might be some, to some people who are not familiar with them, some secret tips and tricks on how to get the most out of your devices. And we're going to be focusing on iOS. So that's the operating system for the iPhone and the iPad that Apple makes. Although I will be talking about the Mac operating system just a little bit because a lot of those features that we find in iOS are also available for the Mac operating system as well. So without further ado, let's just jump right into this. And where I'm going to begin is with a very short story about something that happened recently to a coworker of mine. And that is her daughter owns an iPhone. She takes a lot of photos. And unfortunately, she didn't really have the phone set up to back up her photos to iCloud. So that meant that she had a large collection of photos on her phone. And as a teenager, you can imagine how these photos are very, very important friends and events and things like that that uh, she doesn't want to lose. But unfortunately, that phone was dropped and right afterwards ran over by a car. So the screen was demolished. And she wanted to know, is it possible to get those photos off of the phone in its current condition? And her mother came to me with the phone and said, is there a way to get it out? I I think I've heard that there's a method. But unfortunately, when we plug it into the computer to try to get the photos off, because she never synced it with a computer before, when you plug it in, the phone requires you to touch a button that says trust. Basically, when you plug into a computer and the computer wants to talk to it, it wants to know that this is a trustworthy computer, one that's not trying to steal information off of the device. So there's a on-screen button that says trust that you have to tap but with the screen destroyed as badly as it was there was no way to physically push that button because that part of the touchscreen was dead well luckily there was a method and actually quite a few people who have had similar damage have used this exact same technique and what we ended up using was voiceover so we've talked about voiceover a lot on the podcast but real briefly voiceover is a screen reader for people who cannot see the screen and allows them to navigate around the device using gestures. So what I was able to do was to activate Siri on the device and ask it to turn on voiceover. So voiceover turns on, starts describing what's on the screen. I then plug the device into the computer. Up comes the alert to unlock, uh, to allow access to the computer. And with voiceover, I was able to, in a corner of the screen that was still functional, I was able to flick to the right until it could say, 
accept. Then I would double tap and voila, we're into the computer and we can get those photos off again. Now, I've run into this one time before where the screen was so badly damaged that none of the touchscreen actually worked. And we did have a workaround for that. It's a little bit more complicated. We ended up using the iPhone camera connector kit, which comes out to a USB. And then we plugged a low-powered USB keyboard into the phone and then turned on voiceover. Luckily, the home button was still working, so we could activate voiceover uh, by requesting Siri to turn it on. Then we used the keyboard shortcuts for voiceover. And those are using the control and option keys together and then the left and right arrow keys. That allows you to move from one section of the phone to another from top to bottom. And then control, option, and space is the same as a double tap when you've got a keyboard plugged in. And so even if that screen was completely destroyed, we had a workaround. So voiceover was there to save the day, even though that person never needed to actually use it in their entire life. Giving that alternative input method helped us get those photos off of that phone. So the next feature I want to talk about is a very small one, but I find it very useful. I have a tendency when I'm listening to music or audio on my iPhone of only putting one headphone in, either the left or the right earbud. And I do that so I could still hear what else is going on around in the room. And if someone needs my attention, they can get it more easily. I'm not completely zoned out by having both my headphones, both my ears covered with headphones. But the problem is some podcasts, some music is designed to be played in stereo. When you've got a good set of headphones in, the device will play them out in stereo. But that means that some audio will be louder out of one ear than the other. And I had a particular song that the chorus portion of it was actually most of the singers' voices were actually coming out of the left-hand side. But I had the right-hand headphone in. So... It didn't give me as good of a music experience. But if you're doing this all the time, you can also do what I've done. And that is, I opened up the settings app on my iPhone, went to general, and then accessibility, and then scrolled down to a section for hearing. And what you'll find in there is a switch to turn on mono audio. When you turn on mono audio, it takes the audio that would have come out of just one ear and then the other and combines it. So you get both left and right audio tracks in both ears. This is designed for someone whose hearing maybe is a bit stronger in one ear for the other or doesn't want that sort of stereo effect. So by turning that on, I can then use one headphone, which I do all the time, and I get that consistent audio across both sides. It's a small adjustment, but I found it to be very, very useful. Another feature that I end up using a lot is a feature called Speak Screen. Typically, if you want an article on a web page, for example, or a long web page with a lot of text on it, you want to read through that entire thing. If you're anything like me, I don't always enjoy staring at the iPhone screen, having to squint down to see all the small text, or I just don't have the patience to. Or also, some people just process information auditorily better than they would reading it with their eyes. So you might think voiceover, that screen reader we talked about, would be a great solution for that. And actually, it would work really well. But voiceover is a very high-powered screen reader. 
and it has a bit of a learning curve to it and turning it on and off can be a bit inconsistent. And if the only thing you're using is that feature to read articles, then there's actually a feature called speak screen that allows us to get that read the entire screen function that voiceover has without having to use all the other gestures and functions. This was originally designed for people who are maybe low vision and can get around the phone without needing voiceover or need that assistance for longer articles. It's also used by people with dyslexia who might find reading the text difficult and the audio support very helpful. So you'll find this feature in the settings app again under general and then accessibility. And then in the vision section, there's a button simply marked speech. So if you tap on speech, you'll see two boxes, two options, speak selection and speak screen. If you tap on speak selection, you can then do this gesture and that's taking two fingers, placing them at the very top of the screen and dragging them down quickly. Now you don't have to drag the entire length of the iPhone screen. You can actually just drag a small portion, but, and I really encourage you to try it this way. I like to place my two fingers above the touchscreen itself and drag them on. If you start a little bit too low with the two fingers down, it doesn't register that as a speak screen. So start at the very, very top, drag them down swiftly, and then let go. You'll also notice in the settings, there's a option to highlight the content as it reads along. And I like to do that as well, so that you can see what portion of the text is being read out loud. Now, as soon as you turn on this feature, you're going to have a section of buttons appear on the screen. Uh, you'll see a play and pause button in the center, a fast forward and rewind on either side of that, and then a picture of a rabbit and a picture of a turtle. When you tap the rabbit, the text will be read faster. When you tap the turtle, it'll be read slower. And finally, there's an X button that cancels out entirely. Now, one thing to keep in mind is when you do this gesture and it starts reading, after a couple of moments, those buttons, they're going to disappear and compact down into one smaller button on the usually on the left-hand side of the screen. Uh, you just tap that button again to bring the controls back up again. The good thing about this feature is it's simple, it's easy to set up, anybody can use it. The one downside is it always reads everything from the very top of the screen, and it doesn't work absolutely everywhere on the phone. So if you try to do it in some places, like for instance, you're just on the home screen and you do this gesture, it's gonna say no speakable content could be found. It doesn't know what we wanna read. On a web page. This could be very useful because we have a lot of long articles, but since it reads from the very top to the very bottom, that means that a lot of web pages, we end up hearing a lot of extra stuff. The navigation is usually at the top of the web page before the actual article. So there's one more thing that's worth noting, and that is when we're on a website that has articles, so whether it's a news site or a blog, well, you'll see in the very top left corner next to the web address, is a series of horizontal lines. Now you'll only see this on web pages that support this feature, mostly articles and blogs, like I mentioned. And if you tap on that, it opens up something called reader mode. What reader mode does is it removes everything on the web page that's not the article. So you just end up with the headline, the text, or any photos included in that article. Now, if you do that two finger drag down from the top to initiate speak screen, you'll be able to read the entire web page and be able to skip all that extra stuff at the top of the page. So I find that to be particularly useful. Now, if you go back into the speech section, you'll also notice there's an option called speak selection. Now speak selection requires you to tap 
and hold on the text where you want to begin and then drag a selection button so you can get as much text as you want read out loud and then a little black button will appear above what you've selected and you can hit speak. This is also a good function, but I find that with larger, longer articles, the speak screen is a lot more convenient to use. And mastering the speak selection or doing selections on the iPhone can take a bit of practice. So I highly suggest checking out the speak screen first, but know that speak selections there as well. Now, another cool thing to know is that this feature does exist in a way on the Mac. It's a little bit different though. We don't have the full speak screen functionality that we have with iOS, but if we select text on a Mac and then go up to the menu bar of an application, click on edit, in many applications, we'll see an option that says speech. If you go down to speech, you'll have an option that says start speaking. So we have a speak selection option on the Mac as well. And if you're on a, a web page or a Word document or a notes, remember we can use the command A to select all and then go up to edit and choose speech. If you want to adjust the voice on the Mac, you do have to go into the system preferences for the computer. And inside of the system preferences, you're going to find all the speech options uh, under accessibility and then speech. If you have an older version of the Mac operating system, more than a couple years, you might find that speech actually has its own space in the system preferences. It's not under accessibility. So I find that particularly useful with long articles. I'll like to set up my, uh, my phone with an article, do that gesture, and then start doing the dishes and, and listen to the article read out loud uh, as I do my chores. So a really, really nifty feature if, you'll, if you want to have your articles read to you automatically. Now, earlier, we talked about what to do if your iPhone screen breaks, how to use VoiceOver to do some functionality. But what happens if our home button breaks or our volume buttons breaks? We're outside of warranty. Uh, we don't want to spend the money to get it repaired. We want to wait out a little bit for the next phone to come out. We just want to get the best use of this phone, but those essential buttons are missing. Well, there's a built-in accessibility feature on iOS called Assistive Touch. Now, assistive touch is designed for somebody who has difficulty performing the gestures or pressing the buttons on the iPhone. So, for instance, someone who might have cerebral palsy might find that doing the pinch gesture is very, very difficult. Or they might find reaching around to hit the volume buttons is difficult, especially if the iPad is mounted on a wheelchair. So, assistive touch uh, gives us access to a lot of things. But one of those things is controls for the volume and a simulated on-screen home button that we can use, which is particularly useful if those features are broken on our phone. So once again, we're going to go into the settings app. We're going to go to general, and we're going to go to accessibility. And if you scroll down uh, underneath interaction, you're going to have an option that says assistive touch. So if you attach assistive touch and you turn it on, you'll immediately see a small white button appear on the screen. You can actually tap and hold and drag that button around and place it anywhere you want. If you get a tap, it opens up a menu. And this menu is customizable. You'll see immediately the default option is to have a home button on the screen, a device button that if you tap on will take you to the volume controls. You can customize what shows up in this menu and what doesn't inside of the assistive touch menu under customize top level menu. 
what you'll have in there is an option of how many buttons you want. And you can press plus and minus to choose from one all the way up to eight options. You choose how many buttons you want and then tap on the buttons to choose what you want them to be. So you have options like home, device, which I mentioned brings up the volume controls. Siri can be activated this way. Access to the control center, which is usually a drag up from the bottom of the screen or from the top right if you're on an iPhone 10. You can get its own volume up and down keys without having to go into the device settings. The multitasking gesture, which is usually pressing the home button twice. It can even add a quick SOS button, which could also be simulated by pressing the side buttons and holding them down. That could be customized inside of the other settings as well. So a lot of individual buttons and shortcuts that might be difficult to do otherwise can be added with the assistive touch uh, feature. But if you've got buttons that are broken, there's no better way of creating an on-screen version of it than using assistive touch. I've actually seen a couple people uh, using this feature out in the wild, and it can be really handy if you need to get that iPhone to last just a little bit longer. So there's one more feature I want to talk about, and I'm actually going to talk about a feature that doesn't come out till iOS 12, which is coming out this fall, probably somewhere in September. This last feature is one that allows you to basically create a dark mode on the iPhone. So the iPhone, generally speaking, a lot of the menus are white. Uh, If you open up the phone app, for example, white background, black text on top of it, which is generally very readable, even in uh, a lot of sunlight. But at nighttime, if we're using our phone and the ambient light around us is low, that screen can seem particularly bright, even when we have it at some of the lowest brightness settings. So if you find yourself using the phone in these dark rooms or dark situations, it can be nice to have a black background with white text instead. The color's less intense, it's a lot easier on our eyes, and it doesn't brighten the entire room, which might not be desirable. So what we can do, once again, going into the settings app, going into general, and then going into accessibility. If we scroll down, uh, not too far from the top, we have a section called display accommodations. And inside display accommodations, you'll see a button that says invert colors. Now, in the most recent versions of iOS, we have a feature in here called smart invert. If you've got an older device, you're just going to have invert colors. Now, invert colors will basically reverse all the colors. So apps that were typically bright will become dark. We'll have the, the whites will become black and the blacks will become white. Now, the regular or classic invert will inverts everything, including photos. So you'll notice that your photos end up looking like these negatives, if you've seen uh, film negatives before, where everything seems to be backwards. So the photos can get a little bit funny in this feature. And if you're just reading text, not a big deal. But if you're looking at images, you're using the Photos app, you're using Instagram or those features, those photos being inverted is going to make it a lot less enjoyable. So Apple implemented something called Smart Invert. Now, Smart Invert will invert the colors, but it will try to keep images and media instead of apps uh, the correct color. Now, this feature does have to be properly implemented by developers. So you'll find that Apple's apps tend to use this correctly. You might find a couple of your favorite third-party apps may not work perfectly with this feature. So it's a trial and error situation. But when you turn on Smart Invert Colors, you'll see immediately the background will turn black, the text will turn white, 
And the back button, which is traditionally blue, ends up showing up in its inverted color, which is something close to orange. If you turn on this feature uh, and go back to your home menu, you might notice if you're using Smart Invert that your wallpaper stays the same, although some of the colors might look a little bit different. If you open up a different app, like you open up Photos, for example, you'll notice that the background has become black, but all the photos are the same. So we have a nice nighttime mode here. Now, if you're going to be using a feature like Smart Invert from time to time, or any of the other accessibility features uh, that we mentioned, there's one other thing that's worth noting. You can set up some of these shortcuts, like the Smart Invert, like the VoiceOver, uh, as a quick shortcut by pressing the Home button three times in a row quickly, or if you're using an iPhone 10, that side power button three times in a row quickly. And you can control what happens by going to the accessibility menu again, scrolling down to the very bottom and tapping on accessibility shortcut. You'll see a list of features. This includes that assistive touch, the invert colors, the voiceover. And by tapping those, you're adding those as a quick shortcut. So you triple click the home button. And if you only have one item selected, it immediately does that function. So if we had smart invert colors turned on, we would press the home button or side button three times in a row, and instantly it would invert the colors. If we choose more than one, what we get is a menu that comes up instead that asks us which of our selected shortcuts would we like to perform. So that's going to be the quickest and easiest way to get in and use some of those accessibility features that we talked about. Now, I mentioned that there was one more feature one that is not currently available in iOS 11 or the previous versions. And that is a feature that was introduced earlier, but only for people who are using Bluetooth-enabled hearing aids. This is a feature called Live Listen. So the way this would work with someone with a hearing aid is they would connect through Bluetooth their hearing aid to the phone. And then if they were in a loud room, where it was hard to hear another person because hearing aids aren't don't give us that same selective hearing that we're used to being able to use. It, it, kinda, it doesn't know what's important, what's not, so it amplifies everything. In a loud room, it can be really hard to hear, even with those hearing aids. But with Live Listen turned on, you can take your iPhone and place it nearby the speaker, and everything the iPhone hears through its microphone will be sent to your hearing aids. So it allows you to place a microphone anywhere within the distance that your Bluetooth uh, device can handle and allows you to be able to get just the audio you want amplified. Well, Apple and iOS 12 is going to make this available to users of their AirPods. So if you have a pair of AirPods, you can put those in your ears and you can place the phone closer to where you want uh, audio amplified from and you can hear what the microphone hears through your AirPods. Now, the way you currently set that up in the beta, and it could change because it is just a beta and it's still a couple months out, but the way that you set that up is by going into the settings and going to the control center. And there's an option to turn on a feature called Live Listen. You then connect your AirPods to your iPhone, go into the control center. So I mentioned that that's going to be uh, pulling up from the bottom on phones before iOS 10 and pulling down from the top right corner on iOS 10 device, I mean, on a uh, iPhone 10. And then you'll see a button for live listen. You tap that, 
big live listen button. You give that a tap. Remember, your AirPods have to be connected. And then you'll start hearing the audio streaming from your iPhone. Go ahead and place it somewhere. So it's a great way to hear things from a distance. And I imagine some people might be a little sneaky with it and try to spy around a corner with some audio. But it's designed specifically for those large rooms or those lecture situations where you're going to have a hard time hearing. And maybe you're not at the point where you're getting hearing aids for yourself. But having that extra extra audio amplification can be very useful. I think a lot of people are going to find sometime in their life having some amplification is going to be useful regardless of the ears you were originally born with. Because everybody's hearing gets a little bit worse over time, especially after we go to these loud concerts or uh, fireworks displays, things like that. Everybody's hearing is going to wear down. And this is a great way of getting amplification without having to buy uh, expensive uh, hearing aids and going through that whole process. So live listen, really cool feature coming in iOS 12 sometimes in September. So that covers a handful of cool accessibility features you're going to find in iOS that literally anybody might find useful sometime in their life. I hope you enjoyed that. I know this was a quick episode. If you've got any ideas for additional episodes you'd like to hear or any feedback, send it to us at feedback at access.ninja. Also, check us out. We are on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, and on Google Play now. So enjoy us wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Thank you.